Welcome to the Clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That is why we called it the Climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. It's brilliant. You're going to need leverage. It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. Listen, we're going to talk about this in this very episode right here, but this is what makes the world go round now. You can't come in with a hope and a promise and potential. You've got to prove that you've already done it. That's why we named it the Climb, the backstronym creator of that C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business is Mr. Brent Baxter, my good friend and my co-host. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on the regular, he connects you with the pro so you can get an at-bat, get an opportunity to create a relationship. Find Brent super easy at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie artists, and they've done this by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities, and through the power of digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists. Investors are the people that want to give you money, y'all. And investors like the numbers because the numbers don't lie because the numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production singular with no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? I'm doing lickety split. I don't know what that means really in context, but I'm doing all right. Right on. Well, today we're going to talk about how you're on your own. This is a mindset check here. We're going to go into some, man, we're going to scratch off some scabs and open up some wounds and and just really head check you into the glass and make sure that you know what's really, really happening in the music industry so that you can be prepared with the proper helmet, the proper armor, and the proper strategy to get through this battle successfully. (laughs) That sounds very encouraging, Johnny. Thank you for this. You're welcome. Listen, if you don't have it, if you don't know, you don't know, and then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be off in Candyland spending money in precious time and God knows ruining relationships maybe or stressing them out at the very best uh, for something that you don't even, you're clueless as to to what's really going on. So this is all about real talk and that's what we're going to get into today. Hi, my name is Brent Baxter. Welcome to Real Talk with Brent. (laughs) (laughs) Give us your call, 555-0525. Here on on NPR. (laughs) Good times. Good good times. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, let's take care of a little business first. Uh, Hey, um, it's a digital world out there. We're about to dive into some more of this, but it, it really is important to keep the physical media in your arsenal because that's important for today's musician. Uh, the digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like just a, one CD, a vinyl record, or T-shirts at gigs have become important income generator, but the main income generator. That's what gets you from town to town. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Math. Math says you got to sell for every CD you sell at a gig, you got to get roughly 3,000 streams to equal that amount of money. So 3,000 streams on one side, one CD on the other. <laughs> right? No, no. <laughs> right? These still matter because, you know, 3,000 streams, there are, you know, songs that are cut by major artists that don't get much more than that in a quarter. 
go sell some physical product. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for that physical product, for disc, for other physical stuff, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So you can find them at www.discmakers.com. That's D-I-S-C, makers.com. Or you can give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. There you go. And hey, guys, join the climb community if you haven't done so already. It's a very happening kind of Facebook group, different than most other, I I feel safe saying this, different than most other Facebook groups that are kind of dead on arrival. Nothing's really happening. Mm -hmm. There's killer information there, lots of activity. I mean, you just want to throw out a couple posts, Brent, like real quick, just give them an idea what's just happened today. Well, let's see here. Uh, We got stuff which, you know, we recorded these in a batch. So the last episode, it's pretty much the same stuff because it was like an hour ago. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) If this sounds familiar from last week, this is an hour later to us. So yeah, we got Wordplay Thursday. We are recording this on a Thursday. So it's a little creative Kickstarter. Get your pen or your pick move new song ideas we have gig alert so if you are playing out this is your chance in a nice welcome we ask for you to post this as a comment under this post where you're gigging so you can meet up with your fellow climbers we have uh, let's see social share so again share that as a comment under that post so therefore it's not the climb community is not a place where it's just people screaming in, into corners right it's not overloaded with people just dropping stuff, want you to look at their stuff, but we kind of segment those into happy little places. You can find it and you're always welcome to ask questions. We have people that ask questions and it's a nice environment. It's got yeah, fun. I mean, it doesn't feel spammy and yet there's a bunch of activity going on. And it's the right kind of activity. I mean, we post the climb to probably 95 different groups on Facebook and I would venture to say half of them on the next post. <laughs> I posted the previous post, which is like a week before or a few days before. So it's right. that you're not going to find that in the climate community. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to consume podcasts. We're everywhere. We're on iHeartMedia. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple iPods. We're on the, the Android podcast player. We're on that. Yeah. We're, we're everywhere. So that's how you're going to get all the content and be able to jump around as you wish. Leave a five-star rating and review. Tell other people what you think about it. That helps new people that are thinking about coming in get a good idea from somebody, whether or not it's legit, whether or not it's worth it. And finally, there's an episode that spoke to you that really moved you, that really helped you out. Please share it. That's the best thing you could do for Brent and I. Let somebody else know about it. Sell, put it up on social media with a link. Tell them why you liked it. Tell a friend. Tell someone in your band, whatever, right? That's right. All right, so let's get on with this. So we haven't talked about Bob Lefsitz in a while. Bob Lefsitz is a, if you're not familiar with Bob Lefsitz, you really should belong to his newsletter, but I have to put a warning label on this recommendation. Bob is, he's a little on the negative side sometimes, but he's spot on. Okay, so, you know, for me, I've had a different life than other people. I toured for seven years. I'm saying this because when one of the byproducts of touring is you get to meet like a boatload of different people, which is far different experience from if you have a regular job in a town and maybe you don't travel a whole lot for your job. So you're always surrounded by the same people, right? You just don't have the volume of personalities to begin to develop some perspectives. And when somebody comes at with me with some negative stuff, I'm not quick to take offense to it. I'm that kind of personality where I'll just try to pick the nuggets out of there and I want to bequeath this framework of understanding to you where we're going to read this letter we're going to dissect it and go piece by piece and talk about it the facts are spot on it's going to feel a little negative to some of you and as you read other Bob it's called the Lefsitz letter it's L-E-F as in Frank S as in Sierra 
E is an echo, T is in tango, Z is in zebra, left sits. He is an industry expert. He's on top of tech. He's on top of really what's happening in the trends in the music industry. And a boatload of people read this weekly letter. Sometimes it comes two, three times a week. Industry experts, label heads, big time producers, engineers, artists, everybody. Every once in a while, he'll put out a mailbag and show you people that have responded to him and you're going to recognize some of those names. So it's very valuable information, but you got to take it with a grain of salt. And I'm going to start to dig into this letter here, but he's right on point with this. Mm. You're on your own. Okay. And too many, I, every day I get emails like, Hey, can you help me become an artist? I don't even know what to do with that. You know, like <laughs> right. you're, you're not an artist already. Like <laughs> I can help artists climb up the ladder, but mm. I can't help you become an artist. Like if you're not an artist already. Right. Yeah. So here's the beginning of this email and I'm just going to read until we sort of hit a spot I want to talk about and then we'll go back into it. So, uh, and by the way, I'll put a link to the Less It's letter. You can subscribe to it if you wish after you hear this and it's, uh, it's free. There's no cost or anything, but it is valuable information. Find some good stuff in there. So it says the subject is you're on your own. Don't wait for help. Do it yourself. Just like you can record and distribute yourself. You can promote too. Love that right? Mm -hmm. Don't forget to promote. Mm -hmm. Most indie artists, this is the biggest first line out of the box. This is where they fail. I got $30,000 from my grandma to make a CD and it's always been my dream. So I'm going to go make a CD and they spend 30 grand on the CD and they don't have any money to promote it. And yeah. art has no value until we create it. So you have to get it, the art in front of enough people because it's not about the art. It's not about the quality of the art. It's about the business of it. And the business is created by good quality, and it's, so it's easily confused. Mm -hmm. But the more people that like it, then nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. So you've got to make sure you're promoting. And labels, the, the label formula for that, you spend nine times the budget. Whatever the budget is, you can get 10% of it to make the record, and you're going to get 90% of it's going to be spent to promote it because we're promoting a product that nobody wants and nobody needs, right? Exactly. So it says, if you're waiting for a manager to start, don't. A manager becomes interested when they see money. And at the beginning, you're not generating any. Establish a track record and managers will be interested. What does that sound like to you, Brent? Uh, the truth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Leverage. Get leverage. leverage. Exactly. <laughs> leverage is what you're going to need to get the manager. <laughs> I've heard it said this like, there's nothing to manage. You got to yeah. give them something to manage. And they work on percentages. Great. Oh, 10% of big fat zero? Not very compelling. Zero. That's right. So it says major labels only become interested when you prove yourself too. Just like, in other words, just like a manager, albeit at much higher numbers, seven digit Spotify streams, particularly. If you ain't got them, they aren't interested. Major labels no longer develop something, they make bigger what already exists at a price. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the biggest music industry myths these days that used to be real, mm -hmm. right? It didn't used to be a myth. I mean, last episode or two ago, we talked about Bruce Springsteen and how he got signed and the labels spent a whole bunch of money signing Bruce Springsteen and they lost money on the first record and they didn't really make a whole bunch of money on the second record, but they still kept spending millions and millions and millions to make and produce the first record, to make and produce the second record so that he could grow and develop enough to do Born to Run. Mm -hmm. That was the biggie. By the way, Pyromania, third record for Def Leppard. Biggie, right? Yeah. Slippery and Wet, Bon Jovi, third record. This is 
common. And it's about developing. Record labels used to develop artists, but now they don't. They're buying small businesses. They have run from a, let's find some talent, a diamond in the rough business model and throw a bunch of money at it and hope it turns into something into an acquisition-based business. Mm -hmm. Right? You got anything you want to add to that? I mean, I think it's true. I'm reading a Garth Brooks book right now, The Anthology, Volume 3. And about all his live shows and the history of kind of that thing. And so other people contribute to it. Trisha Yearwood was talking about, she always felt kind of jealous. Garth came up in the clubs, like he played solo guitar and then also, you know, with bands and stuff. He just always in front of people working that. And she came up through Belmont and she never had, when she got a record deal, she never had played in front of an audience before. And that was a real struggle, getting the stagecraft and working with people and that kind of stuff. And she could do that. She was Trisha Yearwood. And that was in the early 90s or late 80s, I guess, early 90s when she got a record deal. And I just don't know how many of those people are doing that these days. I mean, there may be some people getting signed that don't have a huge following already. I know that that still happens some, but you'd look at the people that are blowing up were people that were, there was already a fire burning and the company just threw gasoline on it. Yeah, Luke Combs was out there doing his thing. He was playing. Kane Brown was out there playing and doing stuff. Florida Georgia Line, going further back, had sold, what, 100,000 units or singles or whatever on iTunes, and we're doing it. Yep, didn't didn't I buy everybody first, by the way. Yeah, Brantley Gilbert. I mean, he's still, he's not killing it at radio, but he's killing it. He's a lot of shows, that kind of stuff. He's had some stuff on radio, which came as a product of him killing it on live shows. And we've talked a lot about Granger Smith and Cody Johnson, who Cody, what, sold out the Astrodome or something like ridiculous or sold out, you know, some huge places in Texas and it was doing it. And now Warner Brothers is like, oh, Mr. Johnson, when we pay you some money. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. So, so a lot of people you're hearing about are the ones that are coming up the new way. They're not if you don't them. understand this, then that you need to be developed first to really have a chance and, and if you're hoping that, well, maybe, you know, I don't have any money. I don't, you're given, creating all kinds of excuses for why you can't develop and uh, needing a major label, then this next line will hit home too. We just had this talk with the Lonely Highway Boys. A major label will write you a check, but it could be the last one you ever see from them. Yeah, chances are if they're interested, you're already making bank in streaming. If you're not hip hop or pop, tread lightly. It's doubtful there's anything they can do for you except increase debt. You mentioned Granger Smith before. We, you know, we talked about Granger Smith creating a $1.8 million business from his laptop that started with digital advertising, not advertising, digital content, like content marketing. Mm-hmm. And, and he blew up his fan base and created this huge fan base. And then he was selling t-shirts and hats and tickets and CDs and all this kind of stuff by himself. And then the labels were tripping over themselves for five years to sign him. Kept saying no because they didn't need to. And then they wanted to get a number one, so they decided to say yes. And of course, the check got bigger and the deal got better. Mm-hmm. And he finally said yes. And when he did, there was stipulations in the contract for the record label. Performance yeah. stipulations. Hey, you know, I want a number one. It's the only reason I'm letting you stick your hand this far down in my $1.8 million business pocket, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a, this amount of time to get me a number one or I don't know, you would thing and I'm going to walk across the street and they want to sign me too. Everybody wants to sign me because I've taken the risk out of it, right? Yeah. So that's what it is. It's risk management. Yeah. So just a safer bet. That's right. And the moral of the story is what happened to the artist, let's say like you listening to this podcast, who has 10 times the talent of 
Granger Smith, who happened to have a record deal on Broken Bow when he decided to sign with Broken Bow, and the second that he signed that deal, what happens to you if you don't have an audience and he does? Like if you're signed to Broken Bow as well, and all of a sudden he signs, he's going to suck all the air out of the room. Yep. He's going to get the love because they already have a ball rolling. There's already momentum there. The whole company's invested. The whole darn company's got something to prove, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's got something that's working that is connecting, right? It's product proof. I mean, if you ever watch Shark Tank, people come in with these gadgets and gizmos and businesses and stuff. They're like, what are your sales? Yeah. You know, it's not so much just, okay, because they're not just investing in the product. They're investing in the business owner, the entrepreneur. And so it's not just like, wow, that's a really cool product. Oh, but no one's bought it yet. Oh, yeah. boy. This, boy, that takes a lot of the sexy right out of it. I think it's the same way with your art and with your music career. They want to love the music. That's great. But even more importantly, or just as importantly, maybe, they want to know that other people are loving the music too. Yeah. They have to dig it to sell it, right? But it sure helps to sell it if they know other people are already buying it. And when they know other people are already buying it, what does that mean? Like, what are the layers of that kind of information? It means, number one, they've got a product that's working. It's working. Number two, their marketing engine is working well because somehow they've figured out a way to communicate with people enough that consumers are buying it. And so therefore they have a cash flow and a bottom line. That also means that they understand how to market and be a businessman and hire, right? And logistics and all that. They understand all the nuances of doing business. A lot of people don't know. Everybody knows TiVo. A lot of people don't know. TiVo doesn't really make any money. They're broke. They came out with the technology first and kind of felt like, you know what, this technology is so smart and so cool and we're the first ones to do it. Everybody's going to hop on it and they failed in the marketing and they tried to market to everybody first instead of focusing on the pioneers and the early adopters and they lost their butts doing that and how did they try to stay afloat and keep from drowning? Licensing their technology to who? Xfinity, AT&T. Hughes, Comcast. So everybody has the technology now. We, it's almost like we all call it TiVo, but TiVo don't have the money. They, don't, they didn't corner the market. Why? Great product, didn't know how to manage it. So that would be a bust business to invest in. Do mm. you see the nuance of that? If you're out there touring and making money and writing songs and getting streams and you've figured out how to make this happen, then they understand that you understand yeah. how to play the game. You're not just an artist, you're a business person. Exactly. And that's a lot sexier than someone that's just an artist. That's right. And, well, that, and that's something you can work with, right? Yeah, because I mean, the art is, I don't know, it's relative. It, it's opinion. It's, it's art, right? It's, it's not science so much. Numbers and stuff, sales, they can look at that and know. So if you're up against someone who is also a good artist, but you know, how are you a 9.8 and they're 9.9 or they're 9.7? Who can say that, right? Yeah. But if your business is up and running and the other person's isn't. You better. And so here's another example of this. Think about like a quarterback, right? Think about like a quarterback who's got an amazing accuracy, mm -hmm. an incredible arm, who's got the, he's your prototype quarterback, like six foot four, so he can see over the front line. He can scramble, he can run. He's like Aaron Rodgers, right? Like who's the, one of the highest paid players in the NFL because he's that amazing. But here's the deal, all that talent, all that amazing potential. But if you don't understand the offense, which is sophisticated, mm, very, yeah. you suck. Because you don't know where to put the ball. You put it Boom. anywhere you want. You just don't know where to put it. 
boom, right? So all the talent in the world isn't enough. You still got to know how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's the next paragraph. And this is huge for artists and for songwriters. Pay attention. Decide who you want to be, a hobbyist, a touring musician, or a superstar. For, for songwriters, you know, a hobbyist, you're writing songs for yourself kind of a thing, or do you want to get cuts and work with other people? Because this affects your path. A hobbyist does it alone and does not bitch. They're happy to have a semi-career at all. A touring musician, it's all about friends and relationships. It's your local crew that will break you. Better to start at home than move to Los Angeles. And don't move to New York. It's over. Real estate is just too expensive. And ever since Lucian Grange decided to base himself out of LA, the city of angels has become the epicenter of the worldwide music business, right? So decide who you want to be and stick with that. It's okay to change it, but when you change the decision of who you want to be, so must you change the expectations, mm-hmm. right? Like how many songwriters, Brent, do you talk to and how many artists do I talk to that want to be a superstar, but the path they're choosing to get there is the path of a hobbyist. Right. There's a disconnect there. Yeah. You say you want A, but you're, you're walking toward B. And so there you're, now you're frustrated, you're bitter, you're angry, you can't get in, and here's why, blah, 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 there's blah. There's like, cognitive dissonance going on there. There's, just, there's that frustration. and Yeah. You, yeah. you want A, but you, you work like you want B. If you want to drive cars really fast and have a good time doing it, you can do that in a 1968 rusted out baby blue Dodge Dart. But if you want to be a NASCAR driver, you can't get on the track with that car. You're going to need a different path, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, here's the next one. Big deals are no big deal. A TV appearance, radio play on your local station. All that used to mean you were somebody. Now it just illustrates you're on the road. It's easier to play than ever before, but harder to make it. If you're lucky, you'll have a series of breaks, and one day you'll wake up and realize you don't need a day job or have a career. So I love that. Big deals are not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, hello, The Voice. Hello, American Idol. Hello, America's Got Talent. Hello, so many things. I mean, I remember, and you know who I'm talking about here, but you know, we, I was working on this independent project with, uh, with an artist, a buddy of mine. Music was really good. And he got to go on a national talk show because it was relevant to the, the talk show kind of thing. And this person has a lot of listeners is on the radio coast to coast. And he got to do a segment with this person, play some of the music live. And he was all excited about how much it's going to move the needle. Mm-hmm. Move the needle. Not at yeah. all, really. And he was, oh, this, this, my buddy was dejected. It was like, oh, and we all were, cause I had a bunch of songs on that record and I hope he'd sell some. And it was a nice thing. But it was not a make or break thing. It was not that moment that was going to make him. Partly because probably didn't sell well <laughs> on the show, right? He was a guest and played some music. Some people looked it up and maybe liked it. But it's also like it's, it's a long game. He was hoping to win the Super Bowl in the first game. Gosh, we have, you know, we've dealt with a lot of younger artists. And there's throngs of them that come in and their parents think, well, if we can just get on America's Got Talent or American mm-hmm. Idol, that's the gig. And it's like, man, it's not. No, it's a gig. It's a gig. And it's never been the way it's worked. 
right? Except for like the Beatles, maybe, you know, because 74 million people watched that one show when they first came to America. Other than that, everybody else, it's not about one TV appearance. It's about a boatload of consistent TV appearances. It's well, they already had the record deal, right? The Beatles already had the record deal when they played yeah, Sullivan? exactly. And so that wasn't like somehow they got an Ed Sullivan and then they got a record deal and then they started touring. It was already going. Yep. So here's the next line. Uh, festivals, festivals, festivals. That's where you gain traction outside your berg. But not the gigantic festivals, the Lollapaloozas or the Coachellas, but the smaller ones, the more specialized. The attendees are more attentive, and if you're good, word can spread. Are you a recording artist or a touring artist? The fame is in the former, the money is in the latter. If you know how to play, it goes a long way. Agent before label, manager somewhere in between, bands break on the road, hip-hop and pop break on the internet. To work on the road successfully, you need an agent. It's a catch-22. You can't get an agent to book you until you've proven you can book yourself and make money, just like you can't get a job unless you've got experience. Figure it out. No one said this was easy. It becomes a, an excuse to not move forward, doesn't it? I just need to book an agent. But we're not going to do anything until we get that. Right. <laughs> right. Everybody wants somebody that makes their job easier. Right? Yep. And so, like, what do I look for in a co-writer? People that make my job of writing songs easier. People that are great at what they do. Bring skill sets that I don't have that are already doing it themselves, right? Yeah. Makes my job easier. Who do labels want? They want artists who make their jobs easier. They already have a small business going. They're already connecting with their fans and figuring out who they are as an artist and what they say and who they say it to. A booking agent wants somebody that's already playing the road, already booking stuff, so they can say, hey, we played this place, this place, and this place, and it makes your job easier. And by the way, you want to book an agent as an artist to make your job easier because you don't have the time to do it anymore. Exactly. Because you're so busy. But the booking agent's job isn't to give you a job. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, yeah. You know, I mean, when you said that, that's the first thing that came into my head. That's brilliant what you said, Brent, because it's a, not a book and agent's job to create your career. It's their job to say, hey, I get paid a percentage because this just requires a lot of work, phone calls, relationships, boom, 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 boom. And you're so busy doing it, you can't do it anymore. Just yeah. only 24 hours in a day. So remember that, guys. If you're, if you're waiting on that, you're backing up. Here it says... Um, Everyone can rap, not everyone is good, and not everyone can be known. You play online, making virtual relationships and auger for success. But even if you've got an online hit, that doesn't necessarily mean you can sell tickets. And everybody but the labels are interested in the first are interested in first and foremost in tickets and merch. Right? So I mean there are I I personally know artists with like 8 million streams on Spotify can't sell out my own. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. 
I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. that's sad it's crazy right yeah but know that know the difference know where to put the weight right Mm -hmm. everyone will lie to you nobody wants to break a relationship you can only trust yourself sorry but that's the way it is Hmm. i believe in that i mean not everybody's gonna lie this is where it gets negative okay but not everybody's lie you can find really good relationships in this industry and people will tell you the truth i think you have to you just have to be a student of the game. I think there's an element here too where he could be saying where everyone will lie to you in the sense that nobody wants to tell you the hard truth if you're not willing to hear it, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're completely clueless and you yeah. think if you get 8 million streams on Spotify that you're going to become like Taylor Swift and that's the only thing you're focusing on, mm-hmm. then it's almost like I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. Yeah, like yeah, you're going to have to fear. So this is you got a you got a long way to go before yeah. you figure out what's really happening. And and when uh, Confucius says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The student's not ready in this situation. Right. So sometimes that happens too. And I think we've talked before about one of the artist friends of mine who met like Tony Brown for the first time. Tony's like, yeah, come back in when you get your record done. We'll talk, blah blah blah, because he was just being polite. And then. Yeah. Uh, did Tony meet with them? No. Does that make Tony a liar? I guess technically, but come on. Yeah. Know the difference. You know what I mean? Like, know the freaking difference. Like, he's not going to be interested in you until you've got more going on again, right? It's more interesting. Yeah. So, next line here. Decide whether you're a player or a seller. If you love Instagram and know how to promote, become an influencer or a PR person or a manager. Sure, new acts need to promote themselves on social media, but they do call it the music business. People are inundated with clever messages online, but you will only gain traction if your music resonates and is spread. And the only way you can do that is to create great music. Okay. Go where the people are not. The barrier to entry may be low, especially in hip hop, but you're competing with zillions of people. Better to find a genre and excel in it with a twist. You can always twist metal, country, and rock, never mind smaller genres than that, like folk and I don't even know what this is, klezmer. (laughs) Oh, it's Jewish. uh, It's like traditional Jewish music. Okay, okay. So um, I'm not Jewish, so that's why that's foreign to me. Like folk, klezmer, and jazz. This is how Florida Georgia Line made it, by integrating hip-hop into their music. Never forget, music is as much cerebral as a skill. In other words, this is huge. If it were only about the skill, the chart would be dominated by Berkeley graduates, and it's not. Think. (laughs) And if you can't align yourself with someone who can, if you can't think, align yourself with someone who can. Conception is the key to art. That's how the Ramones broke. That's how most new sounds break. Man. Think about the weight of that one. (laughs) Yeah. You got something you want to add to that? Well, just yeah, thinking about it, it's technical, it's communication. It's who can communicate a song and who are they communicating to? Who's their audience and are they communicating effectively with them? We're talking about it. I did a, uh, a hang 
with uh, Matt Dame. So it's something I do in, in the Freddie community. I'll, I'll interview a, a fellow pro on some aspect of the business. So I was talking to Matt Dame, who's one of the top demo singers in, in Nashville and has been for years. And we're talking about well, the kind of singer about selling songs. Matt has a gift. He can communicate and sell a song. Like you believe him. Yeah. And he, we're talking about selling the lyric here, guys, not selling it to a publishing company or something Correct. like that. But like emotionally, like making you feel it. Sell yep. it. Giving you the feels on the vocal. Yeah, yeah. Believable and that sort of thing. Thank you. And other people can hit the notes, but something's missing. It, they don't sell. There's not some sort of grit or believability. Like you're just repeating these notes. You haven't lived this. You may be technically sound. You know, because I knew uh, one of my fraternity brothers in college, he could sing way better than I ever will. You know, did choir, that kind of stuff. And I remember one time we we're going on a road trip somewhere and he's singing along with the radio. And I'm like, yeah, he's hitting all those notes. I just don't believe him. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't about technical proficiency. Where And some songwriters can move you way better and are not very good singers, but they communicate. Yeah. And so that's that yeah, me. It's not all about the Berkeley grad, which they can be great and successful. They can be both. You know, but he's saying it would just be the technically proficient ones. If yep. it's not a talent show, I had someone tell me that one time. It's not a talent yeah. show because I was working with an artist who's really talented, sweet sweetheart of a person, and I thought we wrote cool stuff together. But it just wasn't quite what the market was going for, and she wasn't what the you know. And I had a guy tell me one time, he's like, "Yes, yeah, she's great. It's not a talent contest." Ooh, yep. I think a lot of people miss that. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, that could be really good artists fail to do so because they feel like they can't win American Idol. Yeah. And it's like, man. Turn on the radio. Have you heard of Bob Dylan? I mean, come on. <laughs> right. Mick Jagger, David Lee Roth, no, you know, Keith Urban and Jennifer Lopez, like, they can't win American Idol. Yeah. But they're stars. That's what matters. So here's the next one. And you kind of touched on this before, Brent. So here's how smart you are. If you're a singer who does not write, good luck. No one has ever broken from the voice and they're on television and can sing well. Mm -hmm. Writing is a way in. Write a great song and not only can you play it, others can record it. Never underestimate the power of a great song. And publishers are always looking for them. It's easier and more lucrative to enter the music business via publishing than recording. And once you've proven yourself as a hit writer, you can do the recording thing. This is how Chris Stapleton broke. Sure, continue to play. But once you've written hit songs, you get recording opportunities. Yeah, Brad Paisley wrote some singles for other artists before he got his record deal. He wrote a yep. single for David Ball. He wrote a single for David Kirsch. He had some stuff going as a writer. Luke and Bryan, too. Luke Bryan, yeah. He had uh, Good Directions for Billy Currington was the number one. Yep. So that happens you know, quite a bit. And especially in a town like Nashville, if you're here, and if you're in Nashville and if you're doing the deal, writing is a great way to meet people. It's a great way to network, let people know like, wow, you're really good. And you got this thing you do. And you're honing your craft and your voice and what you have to say. And then you start singing the demos and your voice starts getting out there. And it's a great bit of the networking thing. Plus, if you write your song, it's your song. Yeah. You don't have to rely on other people to get you the great song. Because if you're brand new and you're not known and you're working on your EP independent and you call it publishers, they're not sending you the songs they're, they're planning on sending Tim McGraw next week. That's right. Because best case scenario, you're not Tim McGraw. And, yeah. But if you could write something of that level or get in with writers who believe in you and might be going, all right, well, I got one of those. I'll give you a chance on it. 
then you have better material to work with. And yeah, right song can change the world for you. That's right. Next line. I'm a staunch advocate of this. Demos must be professional near records. Mm. Man, guys, you have to understand what you're competing against. You have to understand that it's not, again, it's not a talent contest. It's not just the best song that's going to win. <laughs> it's about relationships. It's about what's going to happen. I, I've had multiple opportunities out in Los Angeles where I had chances to get a song on uh, like a movie soundtrack for the first spider-man movie mm -hmm. and it was a killer song killer recording everything was great you know what changed relationship somebody else won because they had a better relationship with the guy that made the decision than i did <sighs> and you're gonna you got to be professional bring the good demos in we have the song demo discount deal for you if you know when you're ready to make that happen and you can get in and create a song demo with the best guys in nashville the brent masons the bobby terry's buddy hyatt this is my crew my engineers two-time grammy winner this is what we do but you can pay the same price basically at the publishing companies are going to pay because we're going to piggyback you on one of those demos. It's a good opportunity, but you, you need that pro demo. Next line, don't make an album if no one is going to listen to it. Just put songs up for free on YouTube, etc., like Spotify and everything else and see the reaction and adjust. Yeah. You know, don't, don't pay big money for, let's go back to the last line for a second. I see that happen a lot. The adjust, the last line, adjust, right? Adjust, yes. Man, you can record a song or two and then get up and start to go through that process of development. You know, listen to the first Bruce Springsteen record. Most of you have never listened to it. Listen to it. It'll blow your mind how not, how far away it is from Born in the USA or Born to Run or some of his other massive, massive hits. And then listen to Born to Run. You've got to go through that arc, right? You've got, and the only way out is through. You just have to do the work to figure that out. But instead of spending boatloads of money trying to you know, realize the dream of having a CD, if the dream is to have a CD, God bless, recorded, if the dream is to become an artist, then change your path, right? And try to figure out what people are going to respond to and where you're at in that. In that. Jacob Cade did a, an EP, not a full record. His first one was a full record, but the second one we did with Michael White was an EP. And now he's completely changed his direction and he's on the right path. It's not like, like the 80s rock music, which is what he grew up with, yeah. listening to his dad. But now he found his place at the table and it's the right place. And there's all kinds of great things happening for him because he found out he wouldn't have gotten to this third EP without going through the first two, without making those happen. But you don't have to do a full record. Yeah, and what I hear him saying too is build your fan base before you have anything to sell them. Yeah. Because you know, we hear that all the time. Hey, I got a record. What do I do with it? Let me get it out. Yeah. Oh, well, and, and, and already you're <laughs> under the gun. Like, I got I to, gotta, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm upside down. I'm upside down. Thing. We got to make this happen. Come on. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Like, we wow. built it upside down. That used to be the old music industry. You build the record first and then you take it to radio and, and you get your shot. But now, I mean, most of our artists, we're marketing them long before the EP even exists mm -hmm. to do just what you said, Brad, build that audience. So next, don't pay big money for a nobody or a has-been producer to make your recordings. You don't have enough money to get it to sound right and they're just doing it for the money. You know, there's a lot of guys out there charging big, big, big bucks to do that. And a lot of people think that this is a common mistake too. I, a lot of people put too much weight on the producer. You know, Michael Wagner's a great producer, man. He sold 100 million records, but they didn't sell because Michael Wagner's name was on the record. Right. 
You know what I mean? Michael Wagner is a genius and he puts all this stuff together. I mean, this is a guy, if you're not familiar with Michael Wagner, he's produced Skid Row. He's produced Queen. He's produced White Lion. He mixed Master of Puppets from Metallica, which changed the world forever. He mixed the very first record from Motley Crue, the one that got them the record deal. He's produced Dokken. He's produced Extreme. He, he mixed So Far So Good So What from Megadeth. He mixed Look What the Catch I Did from Poison that started it all with them. So he's a genius and it sells. The product is really good, but it doesn't sell because Michael Wagner produced it because his name's on there. Does that make sense? Like, it's not about the name. Like, he's not the most art. Most consumers don't know the producer. No. You do because you're a musician and you're an artist and it matters to you. They just know the artist. So the artists were marketed well. And Michael's had plenty of records that he's produced that were fantastic that haven't sold crap. Doesn't take away from his talent or his name, but he's a piece of the process. But if you put too much weight on the producer, and I've seen artists do that. There's some country guys in town here and I've seen artists that are spending like 15,000 bucks a track, man. Phew. Indie artists. Wow. Well, $15,000 for a song to produce because that guy's name is on it, but nobody cares. Yeah, you got to have an audience. You could do that for three and get a quality recording. So that's what he means by big money. If $3,000 is big money to you, I understand that, but that's not, you know, you're that's not. That's what he means. <laughs> that's not what he means. And that's not what's happening professionally. You know, it's like, are you paying $15,000 a song for a track or are you paying three? And that's the difference. So just uh, so everybody has that, that specialty. So almost done here. If you're not a star, realize it. If you weren't notorious in high school for either fitting in or not fitting in, for the way you dressed or rejected fashion, the big time music business won't be interested. Sure, you can earn a living touring, but don't expect the infrastructure to be excited about you. Stars are born, not made. Hits are made, but the raw material comes first. Can you say David Bowie? Can you say Kanye West? Let's just chew on that for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I am chewing on it. Whew. Is Tim McGraw... Tim McGraw because he's a star, or is he, is he a star because he's Tim McGraw? Is Garth Brooks a star because he's Garth Brooks, or is he Garth Brooks because he's a star? I think because he's a star. Oh, and I yeah. think like if we break down what does that mean for a star, it's more than just, we've already covered that it doesn't have to be talent necessarily, mm. right? Tim McGraw isn't going to win American Idol. No. He's winning life. Right. But I think, I think it has to be like, I know this about stars for sure. They call it the it factor and nobody really knows how to articulate it. But there's one absolute piece that has to happen is there is no plan B. If you got a plan B, hmm. that's what your plan going to be. Yeah. When I started off as an artist, man, we burnt the ships before we attacked the island because nobody was going back home. (laughs) We had to conquer. And I was, thank God I was with a group of guys that felt exactly the same way. It's not, it's about what you're willing to do because you have to scratch that itch. I I see artists that are trying to be artists and they think that's what they want to be, but it's, it's not something for me during that time of my life there. I was an artist. And if I wasn't, I was going to climb a tower with the gun, right? Same thing with songwriters. Like, if you really want to be a songwriter and you want to be a pro songwriter, then I don't think that hobbyist songwriters, like, sort of stumble into pro songwriting. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like you're the kind of person that, like, has to write to survive mentally. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, man, I get out of whack if I don't write. If I'm not creating, if I'm not, like, I can't breathe, like I'm being suffocated. Yeah, and there's, a, and there's also, listen, there's a personality that goes with it too, and I'm not talking about, there's all kinds of stars that have 
you know, there's the Mick Jaggers and other world and the David Lee Ross of the world. And then there's people with different personalities. Like I'm thinking of Alison Krauss. She's no personality like David Lee Roth or bombastic over the top thing, but she's a star, right? It's not only a, a drive to have to do it, but there's a personality that you have to be able to, what's the, how do I want to describe this? My threshold for shenanigans is and chaos is super high, right? I feel like if you've ever seen the movie, um, <laughs> you ever seen uh, Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now when he's just walking across the beach <laughs> and there's like bombs and missiles and stuff and bodies uh-huh. being blown everywhere. He's like, I love the smell of napalm. That's a star, right? Uh-huh. That's where, like, because that's what the music industry is like. I mean, you just have to be able to, to handle that. Some people can, some people can't. Some people need structure in their life. It doesn't make you better or worse. But it's very difficult to be riding this train if you're the person that needs to be at work at eight and home by five, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so here's the last paragraph here. This where it gets a little negative. Oh, good, because it's been nothing but gumdrops and rainbows. <laughs> it says, you should be discouraged. You should not be encouraged. Music is oftentimes a lonely life with little remuneration. While others are working their way up at the company food chain, getting married, buying a house, having kids, you're still living in your parents' basement, driving an old beater. If you're not cut out for this life, don't start. This is kind of what we were talking about just previously here. Mm -hmm. And if you are, you must be committed. Of course, you'll have moments of doubt. You'll want to give up. Oftentimes, the darkest hour is just before the dawn, i.e. the acceptance and riches. But very few people see the dawn. Know this. Know that very few people see the dawn. How many elite players are there in tennis? Way more people want to play music for a living and there aren't that many more spots. The work is hard and the odds are low and the spoils go to those who pay their dues and stay dedicated. So I, I think that's really it. Like it's, I think what he's saying there in his usually negative manner is like, man, you got to want it. If you don't do this because you love it, because you have to do it or you'll climb a tower with a gun and be on the six o'clock news. Mm-hmm then I will get on TV one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Then, right. then this probably isn't the gig for you, man. You know, like you have to be able to, you just have to be able to get through all that to make that happen and, and be happy with, you know, different levels of it. Right. But if you're doing it because you like the idea of being famous, mm-hmm. man, you're going to have problems. Yeah. My, my theory is if you can, you will. Yeah you know yeah and that's it i i think you know there are plenty of really super talented people who've never made it because they don't have all these other things it's a it's a multi-layered thing that's required to make it happen and then still there's the work part of it i mean we talked about kenny chesney he outworked everybody mm-hmm. on you know he didn't have the talent the vocal talent to blow anybody's right. mind he just wanted it more than anybody else and he got it tim mcgraw you know i mean that son of a gun to his own detriment still works out like six hours a day <laughs> to look the way he looks at the age that he looks mm-hmm and, I, you know, everybody says, well, if I had the money, I could do that. It must be easy if you're Tim. No, man, F you. Works. Let me see you work out six hours a day for more than two days in a row. Yeah. You know, and his joints, I mean, he is, it's, that's what I mean by to his health detriment. But he's one of those personalities that's like, once he's focused on something, he's going to get those pineapples to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's happening. Just just buckle up, put your seatbelt on. He's going to make it happen. And that's it's kind of like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. You yeah. Stick with it. And yeah, he's going to make it happen. And sure enough, he's made it happen. Kenny Chesney, going to make it happen. Garth Brooks, going to make it happen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what it is, you know, and then you got to be smart. You got to put your team together and you've got to know the right, the, the best way to spend money. If you're the kind of artist that like most artists where you've got to count your dollars and make that happen. I hope this was enlightening. I hope this, I don't want it to be negative. I think for some people it might be negative because maybe they're seeing like, oh, you know what? Like I, I could be an accountant or I could be an artist. I'm not sure yet. No. Okay. Then you're an accountant. and that's okay Uh, be be an accountant in the music industry if you if you love the music industry and maybe you can combine the two but if there is a a question in your mind about it then you can't do it and this carries over and we're going to wrap this up quick but but this carries over into just business what i did to start daredevil production in 2012 did not look good on paper man if your parents who if you're listening to me if your parents looked at this at the age that i was at doing was i was doing driving for uber and eating you know ramen noodles again in my life after having months where i've made 50 60 grand in a month right and this is going backwards right but it wasn't it was going forwards to me and i had the constitution to make it through that and to grow out of it. Brent, you did the same thing. Took a lot of risks with a family and, and, and just continued to grow I your mean, family. First, yeah, when I first moved to Nashville, no family because I was really good at being single. But 27, quit my job, moved to Nashville without a job, which I said I'd never do, but I just had to go. Enough of a window open up. I got to go. I got to go. What's yep. good more than going? Staying. And moved to, you know, 300 and something miles away from my mama and my daddy where I didn't really know anybody. And I waited tables, which I hated, and I said I'd never do. Waiting tables with my Arkansas State ring that says NBA on it, you know, waiting tables and getting a couple quarters left for me as a tip. Swallow my pride. Do it. You know, starting over. And even before that, not taking a gilded cage job out of school. I don't want a job that's going to be too good. <laughs> it's like right. keep me from going. Right. And just, you know, getting part-time jobs and going until something happened. And then kind of in a way starting over with like songwriting pro, working at nights, you know, starting from nothing, just kind of like, I'm just going to write a blog and see what happens. Maybe talk to Johnny about his podcast. Maybe I'll go on his podcast that he has that predated this one and yeah. starting with nothing and just got to keep grinding. And, and, but again, like, so later in life, you're doing it again, right? It's that same, it's that constitution. It's that mental thing. Like, like I didn't, I just didn't give a damn ever what anybody thought about me. I always came from the, I mean, I, I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to be, you know, an honest person. I wanted to be, that's the person I've become, but still going to have haters and you're going to have people that judge you. And I always came from the perspective and the framework of what other people think about me is none of my business. You know, I don't care. So I'm not jonesing about not having the white picket fence in the two car garage. And I feel like I should be this far along because my sister's this far along or my brother or you start to compare and everything like that. I'm just all concerned about is, man, I got to do this or I'm going to lose my mind. Right. And so there it is, guys. That's the, that's the perspective I wanted to put on that. I think this is sobering, but I think it's, I think it's real. You think it's, this is authentic, right, Brent? I believe so. 
All right. So uh, we'll wrap it up quick, guys. Make sure you join the Climb community. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you like it, leave a five-star rating and review. And if you really, really, really like it, put the episode up on your social media and tell some friends about it and spread the word. We're here for you. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep, oh, oh, so keep on climbing. And before you say your final word, Brent, don't forget, if you guys haven't gotten the 21 biggest reasons that you don't have a bigger crowd or a bigger audience, download that at giftfromjohnny.com. It's free. Just tell me where to send it. it. A whole bunch of marketing stuff that'll help you get your head right and get you on the right track there. So this, once again, this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top here at Real Talk with Johnny and Brent. Thanks for joining us today. And Good times. please enjoy your vodka. You're probably going to need that. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.